I don't get any blog posts in my inbox anymore. I was realizing I wasn't reading them. Like I liked those authors, I liked those writers, but I just wasn't reading the posts. But let me tell you what all my emails are. This is just my habits as a reader is I do subscribe to those people who are sending me an email that says, hi, Emily, today I wrote about this. And they give me a little something in the email and then I can choose to click or not. But I still got something in the email because I feel like there's a connection. Okay, that's interesting. Makes sense. Simple. Uh, but not so fast. Welcome to season three of the Hope Writer Podcast. This is episode one of the new season, The Million Dollar Email Question. There's one kind of reading almost everyone does, right? Email. If you write on a blog, you might even have a list of people who gave you their email addresses because they like what you write and they want to hear from you. Maybe 20 people or 50 or 100. Some people have thousands on their email list. So... If you write, say, a blog, what's the best way to tell people on your email list that you wrote something new? Believe it or not, that's kind of a controversial question to some people. And we're going to sort out some of that controversy to help you know the best way to use email for you. When do you go with your gut and when do you listen to the gurus? And what is a guru anyway? Well, Brian's got a great definition. Emily will help you see how to make a practical decision without leaving out your heart and soul. And you'll see that before you decide how to use email for you and your readers, there's a bigger question to answer. That question is coming up. The Hope Writer Podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. If you want your writing to give others hope, we want to give you hope. And you can start getting that hope right now. Just go inside Hope Writers for a week for $1. Just visit hopewriters.com slash trial. Your hosts on the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith, marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, who also writes books, and I'm Gary Moreland, Michael and Emily's dad, my first books out this summer. In the previous episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, you heard what it's like to be busy and successful at doing good things that are some people's dreams, but that come with a cost. Hope Writer Logan Wolfram shared surprising things she's learned running the Illum Conference. That was Don't Let Your Voice Get Lost, Episode 9 of Season 2, the previous episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. This episode, the million-dollar email question. Let's say you write a blog, and you have that list of email addresses for people who like your writing and who want to hear from you. So when you write a new blog post, what do you do? Do you send them the whole blog post in the email? Or do you send them an email telling them you've written something new, and here's the link? That's controversial. And many say that when you survey your readers, readers are saying, send me the whole post in my email. I don't want to have to click. So let's talk about it, starting with Brian. Yes, I agree. I agree that readers would prefer if you just email. Readers say that they prefer that you would email your entire blog posts. Henry Ford said, if I asked my audience what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. So when you ask your readers what they want, sometimes they don't know what the other options are, or they make a decision based on what they know. So sometimes we need to figure out what do we want our readers to do, and that's where there's that weird gray line of figure, or gray area of figuring out how markety do I get and how nurturey do I get and then kind of find the balance. I don't think you can be 100% nurture because you just give everything away for free and you would not be able to pay for your website hosting. You can't be a 100% marketer because you scare people away and everybody went unsubscribe. So you've got to find your balance. And the bigger question really for a lot of writers 
and I feel this way. I, I struggle with this tension every day. And every writer that I've talked to about, this is a specific example, but there are so many areas where this comes up. It's the question of, do I trust the gurus or do I trust my gut? And I think that we often think that those two things can't coexist. So we have to either listen to what the experts are saying, or we have to listen to our gut. And I think that through the journey of becoming a writer and sort of walking into this space of saying, I'm going to take my writing seriously and I have something to offer, um, we have to learn how to integrate those two things and hold them both. I listen to the gurus and I trust my gut. But sometimes you do one more than the other. And that's sort of the process of the the progress of redemption mm-hmm. <laughs> of understanding like, okay, I'm going to walk forward in this. And sometimes it takes going to one side or the other to learn where that line is for you. And so every time one of these questions comes up, like, well, should I send out my blog post? You know, should I let people just subscribe to the blog and get it directly in their email? Or should I, you know, back and forth, there are best practices, and then there are how you feel on the inside. And Marie Forleo, who knows a lot about a lot of things, and we think she's really smart, she talks about the importance of trusting your gut, but there's one circumstance at a time when you you shouldn't trust your gut. When it's wrong. And that is when it is wrong. Just kidding. No. Based on data. That is when. When it disagrees with Brian. When, when Brian says. That is what Marie Our, says. I have a real, I have a real answer just, to this. Okay, go ahead. She says that that is when you're on the cusp of change. Because a lot of times when you're stepping into to something that's going to challenge you or um, bring something, introduce something into your life that's different from the way you've always done it. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and our bodies are used to reacting to discomfort by backing up and by protecting ourselves and by saying, no, 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 this, is, this isn't this is safe, therefore I shouldn't do it, and your gut tells you. Um, but as you're learning something new, I think sometimes we have to listen to the guru and then maybe it might take a beat. You might have to take a little time and figure out, okay, why does this make me uncomfortable? Is it because I disagree with it or is it because it's just something new that I don't yet understand? That's good. And a beat, a beat could be weeks and weeks. A beat could, could be a months. year. Yeah, I mean, sure. really, for me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in the middle of. I think we all are in the middle of figuring that out. Where my gut, I hate the word gut. P.S. Mm. But it starts with a G, just like Guru. Did you read Blink by um, Malcolm Gladwell? Did you ever read that one? I read it. Yeah. I think I did. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. basically says, I mean, there's a lot that he says in that book, but he basically says the decision you'd make in a minute is the same decision you'd make if you had years to make that same decision. Do you think that's true? In some ways. I think for some people it's true. I think for someone who's real spontaneous, <laughs> they might regret mm. some things. But I don't know. But that I could, I could see the argument for that. I'm sure yeah. he did research on it. Yeah, He's I real mean, smart. the idea is that when you are leaning somewhere, like taking way more time to really think about it and look at all the angles and everything, like you're probably still going to end up in the same place that you were when you just kind of had that initial feeling about it. And so how are you feeling about it right now? I, w- I would encourage, especially the people asking that question about should like what should you do? I would say like figure out what really serves your reader and do that. And it depends. On, I think that's where we get a little stuck. It's like, how can I best serve my reader? I would lean towards driving your reader to taking more action to to enhance the experience with you to, you know, purchase your products to read your book, like you're you're trying to encourage them to deepen the relationship they have with you. You're not trying to move them away from engaging with you. So yes, of course, the reader does. A reader does not want another email in their inbox. 
So most readers would say, I don't really want you to send me anything. Right. Just send me the post I like. <laughs> right. Right. You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. What I actually see, quote unquote, working right now, you guys are not going to like this. I can't wait. Is sending two emails a day. Oh my gosh. Not going to happen. Two not emails a day. Happen. And here's why it works. Okay. Because it feels like a relationship. Because if you're in a relationship with somebody, you're texting them, you're hearing from them, you're right, you're building the relationship. You're staying in connect. You're looking at me. If you guys can see their faces right <laughs> there's now. Pro- there's probably more to it, though, than yeah. just the frequency. Uh, the, what it's, you're saying what you're in saying. it right. is going to yes. have a lot to do with it. And it's how you define, here's why it works. I have that in quotes. Mm-hmm. What is works? What is works? That is the question. Right. So, so you've got a couple options, okay? You could have a million readers who don't really know you very well. You could have 10 readers who live at your house, you know, and then anything in between. And share your last name. Right? Yes. <laughs> so so yeah. I, I think that what you want to do, what, what I would want to do is I would like I would want to figure out who my real people are. OK, not not just all the people that pay attention, but the people that are action takers. OK, and we've actually just did that. We did a kind of analysis of our business and we've defined three different kinds of people that we serve. OK, we have the hobbyists who are going to listen and never do. We have the doers that are going to put things into place. They're just workhorses. They're going to try really hard, but they're missing the they're missing something still. And then we have the what we're calling the gurus or the experts. They're the people that they can make all the mistakes and they're still just connecting with their audience. Those are the three people that our publishing company works with. So what we figured out is there's three messages that we need to share. The hobbyists want to feel like they have community. And when you say the messages to share, you mean you guys as your uh, yeah. business or whatever you want That's to call right. it. That's right. Okay. So the hobbyists, they just want community. They want to feel like they're normal and they want to feel like they have a place. But they're going to they're gonna be like, uh, respond to things in a way that it's like, oh, that was funny or interesting or cool. Okay? But that's all they all really that's want. That's what maybe. they want. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. The doers don't care about any of that. They want to know what do I actually do? Like, where do I click? And what do I, okay? And the experts don't want to learn any of that. They just want somebody else to do it for them. And so what I'm saying is we've gone through this as a company. I would encourage you guys listening to go through this to figure out what are your different um, groups of readers? Because I think it's more than just one group where they all feel the same way. I think you have people who are just going to read you when it just connects with them. You're going to have people that want to read everything you do. And you're going to have the people who want to take your courses and buy your programs, you know, and get your coaching. So you really have different, you have different audience, different readers. I think you do. In that one big That's inbox. Right. Yeah, so, so you're, it's going from less engagement to more engagement. What I would encourage you to do, and here's the challenging part, is to be okay with saying goodbye to all of the unengaged people in order to just focus on the engaged people because that's where you really feel the most connection. You feel the most, um, you know, for me, I would use words like accomplishment and income and like results, you know, but the more you focus on the people that are going to the place where you're trying to lead them, the more you're like, this is actually working. So I would say don't waste your time on all the other people that aren't going to follow your advice anyway and really focus on the people that you really want to connect with. See, and I want to take it back to what you said right before that, which yes. was because I I think I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but for all the slow processors out there. Yes. It's um, more fun when we disagree. Though. Well, well, no. Well, I don't necessarily disagree, but I'm still hung up. Not hung up. I'm still thinking about what you said a few minutes ago, which was you make a decision in the first 
second oh, yeah. the same decision you would make after a year after you think about by it by the way i'm very uncomfortable with that because i really like thinking about things well and this, this is the thing <laughs> you'll is, end up in the same place <laughs> even, here's the thing i don't care that i'll end up in the same place yeah i have to feel integrated with my internal self yeah with my outward decision and even if i would make the same decision a year from now I need that space and time so that I can make that decision with confidence and with clarity and to feel like I am my I am becoming fully myself that is so important to me. Mm-hmm. So even if I would do the same thing, I'll do it with um, hesitancy, I'll doubt, I'll question, and I know on the other side of that decision, mm. I may be walking around doubting it even if it was a great decision. And so I think that we do have to honor the space that some people need to sit with something, to carry it, to try it on, to feel like it, does this work for me or not? Even if it would end up looking the same on the outside. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's uh, it can be more about more than just the decision. It can be about how you feel about the decision. So, I'm confused. What are we yeah. talking about? Oh, How's this have to do with of, email? Because, because yeah. when, <laughs> when a guru tells you, Michael, yeah. in, don't let people get your full blog post in their email inbox. You need to send them an email and let them know that the blog is available. A lot of people say that I feel like I'm tricking my readers because I'm making them click on a, a link in my email inbox and, and go over to the blog to read the post rather than just send them the post like they say that they want. And so I think it brings about a bigger question, which is sometimes the gurus say things that make you uncomfortable and like even though this is maybe making it too deep of a situation like my, by my saying, but I think this comes up for people because I think that people struggle with when I hear a guru, someone who's in the business and knows what mm-hmm. they're doing and they have data to back it I up, trust what they say, say something mm-hmm. that seems to contradict with what feels right to me. Like right. sometimes you got to do what they say because it, it actually is better. But other times it takes you a while to get there. Right. And I think I just want to, you have to be better. convinced just like Brian said, emailing people twice a day and Michael and rolled her eyes because her gut says that's not okay. Oh, well, I'm convinced that works, but that's not what I want to do. That's I don't want to spend my time work. writing awesome kind of emails. It doesn't work for yeah. you in your whole life. Right. It only works if you can spend the time writing great emails too. That's not where I want to spend my great work right now. That's right. So you know that you're leaving something on the table, right? Money, interaction, whatever the thing is, because the, what you're getting in return is your own time, where you want to do, you know, like there's always a, a balance. Trade-off. Yeah, a trade-off. Go, going back to what you said, though, basically the, the whole idea of the guru is that somebody's figured something out and now they're teaching it. Like an actual guru, not like a pseudo guru. Like somebody <laughs> who is, they've, they've worked really hard, they've learned, they've fallen their face a hundred times, they've learned from their mistakes, and now they have something that actually works. And now they're like, this thing is working. And other people have said, I tried it and it is working. So like they're, Actually, so the guru word, you know, is, is, is hard for me to process because I think it's more of like somebody who's figured something out because you don't have to be a guru to figure something out. We learn and we learn from our hope writers every day. There's something that somebody posts. and I'm like, we need to try that out. I didn't know that would work. So I would say they're a, they become a little guru in that Tiny little gurus. space, right? So once somebody <laughs> brings something to the table and says, this thing is working, um, what I'm trying to get at is the first time you hear it, or try it, it's never comfortable. Right. Because it's different than what you do right now. And your gut says, danger, danger. So when would your gut ever go like, oh, this is great. Like right. I'm saying, it, you could take Once 10 minutes. Once you see it working. Is yeah. that what would work? Okay. But you, but Proof. You, but yeah. you'd have to try it. You, you have, have to try it. Try it. Mm-hmm. So it's a risk. And so that takes some action that you might not be fully comfortable with. And I guess That's my right. point is, sometimes you have to put your 
gut to the side to try it yeah. for your gut to follow suit. You yeah. know, it might take mm-hmm. the action before the thing. But then there's other times when you got to wait because it's just the gut feeling is too strong. So I okay, think it goes it. kind of both ways. And it's yeah. that learning of, okay, when do I take the risk and do something that feels so outside of my comfort zone? And when do I really listen to what, like, like Michael, and you're really clear on, I'm not sending two emails a day. Like that's, that's a place where you seem really clear on. Yes. But there might be a time when someone convinces you otherwise, but it's oh, going to take a lot. I can already be convinced. Yeah. I get two emails a day from a girl that I love and I don't unsubscribe. She just she puts so much time into these emails. She can't do anything else. She's not doing other which things. Which is fine. She's choosing to do this right now. That's right. The email is really powerful. Um, going back to the, the idea of... Um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Can you cut this part out? <laughs> no, 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 we have to leave it in. Brian <laughs> forgot something, in. ladies something. and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going Had back to, to the, the, the person, the original question, which is the full, po- do I email the full post or do I, do I uh, send them a link so that they can click on the link? Right. Okay. The, the, that's not the question. I agree. The question is, what is my, uh, I come from the world of education. What's my rubric? What's my grading criteria? What is my value system? What, what would check it off the list for me? Like however you want to look at it. What feels right to me? Like come up with that first and then whatever the guru thing is saying, try it and see if it fits your, like your values, you know? And so for example, you might say, my values are, I want engaged readers. I want to, I, I'm going to launch a course and I want to make sales of my course and I, you know, whatever. I don't want to have unsubscribes or whatever your whatever your thing is and decide on that thing first. And then when you try something, measure it against the criteria that you've already established. And I know that's a very <laughs> three way of saying it. So maybe it's more of a, you know, decide this is what I think is going to feel right. Try it and then go back to the thing you already wrote down before and go, did that fit? What I'm trying to say is, like, come up with your checklist before you take the action. Right. And then take the action and then go back and measure against your checklist. It's the difference between having a vision and having a plan. I think yes. some people try to have plans before they have a vision. Mm, and if yeah. you do that, you're going to end up following every piece of advice and feeling like a crazy person. So the important thing is you set up your plan, your vision first. And only that comes from within. That's only right. you can. Oh, I love that. As you listen to the gentle heartbeat of your own life here, I get into my space. <laughs> here we go. As you do what that. What is this gentle heartbeat you speak that of? That is, you, you have one too, Brian. You do. I know it's hard. But. I told you about that floating experience. <laughs> Right, you did. I heard the heartbeat for the first time. I was like, "What is this thumping sound?" Brian went into the the floating pod of magic. He actually got in touch with himself, and you turn out the lights and you float in water. And he heard a thumping, and he didn't know what it was. (laughs) It was his heart. It was the gentle heartbeat ever. It was not gentle. (laughs) It's like, let me out of here. Pounding heartbeat. That's right. Let me out of here. Terrifying noise. But for a few moments. Evidence of his life. It was my four wing going. I just want to paint. Sometimes the Enneagram comes out in our podcast for those of you who don't know what a four wing is. I'm sorry. I'm in it right now. (laughs) Oh, that's good. But you establish that vision first. And that is something that only you can do. And somebody else can't tell you, Emily, this is what your vision should be. That's a plan. That's a plan of action. Once you have that vision, then you find your plans that are going to match the vision. Mm. Then you'll feel like yourself and not like a crazy person. Your purpose. 
Yeah, you call it your purpose. Right. Because mm-hmm. a vision feels woo-woo to me. Oh, having right. a vision feels woo-woo? Yes, like a vision. We uh, see difference. the world very differently. Yeah. <laughs> I've it's learned fantastic. to ask, whenever we take on a new project, I we've done this maybe the last four or five times, and I always say, in a year from now, when you look back on this conversation, what would be a win? Or what would be, like, you'd look back and say, I'm so glad I had coffee with Brian that day because of X, Y, and Z. Because what I've realized is everybody has expectations. And most of the time, we're too polite to state them in the first conversation. And asking, tell me, like, what would be a win doesn't feel like, what are you expecting us to do? But they actually have expectations. And so we, t- we take note of that. And I always go back to that. And I'll say, like, we just launched the thing today. And we made a sales page for it. And it's a sales page. So it's selling. It's like what a sales page does. And and we had a conversation. And I said, one of the things you wanted is I want to make sales. So here's why. Based on the three things you told me, here's. And and then that was the end of the conversation. Because it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I That is important to me. Why the sales are important. Yeah, why the sales why are important. Why does it matter? Okay, you got sales. Why does it matter? Well, th- yeah. th- this particular person, like there was an actual, like, it was literally, I want to pay for my son's college. Yeah, right. Right? right. And so, so in, I think what we do is we go, I want to pay for my son's college, or I want to feel like a certain kind of dad. But really, when you get down to it, it's like, I feel like that dad when I do X, Y, and Z. And so I think you can come up with your checklist of whatever the thing is that's really important to you. And you can keep that objectively so you can check your own feelings. Because I know myself, like, I'm easy to deceive myself. I think we're all that way. It's really easy based on our feelings and I didn't get enough sleep and I haven't had enough coffee and just forget this whole thing. I'm never going to email my people again, you know? But if you go, no, actually, it's important to maintain the relationship. So you might say, I want to maintain a relationship with my readers. So I know that if I don't email them for over a week, they're going to unsubscribe when I email again because we don't have a relationship anymore. So it feels intrusive. So I need to email at least once a week. Okay. So I'd recommend that as, as an email strategy. Like think about what's important to you and your relationship with your readers, write that down somewhere and then use that as your filter when you start trying out new things and see if it fits. Uh, Maybe this is an example. Like if you're, if you're, let's say your criteria that you were talking about or your vision or your woo woo or whatever it was, the thing that you were trying, (laughs) your painted picture, but you are writing for some reason, right? You're writing for a reason. So if you're writing, we'll give one extreme and then compare it to another extreme. If you're writing because you want people to read your writing and that's your goal and so you write a blog post and you want people to read the blog post, then you're going to use email in the way that's going to bring about the most reads of your blog post because that's what your goal was. And so if that's including the blog post in your email, you'll do it that way. If it's having people click over, you'll yep. do it that way. Okay, that's one extreme. Now if you go the, let's say you go complete other extreme on your goal or what you're trying to accomplish. And your goal is that you have some area that you want to bring deep transformation to people. And so your goal is deep transformation. Your goal is not for them to read a blog post unless the blog post is contributing to the deep transfer, uh, transformation. Mm-hmm. So let's say then as you think through this deep transformation that you think you can bring with someone and you've thought that through and you've come to the conclusion that you're going to need to do more than write a blog post in order to bring about that deep transformation. So that blog post is only going to be a means to something else to get people towards this transformation that you want to bring. And what if you then start thinking to yourself that this transformation is just not going to be able to be accomplished in 500 to 1,000 word 
writings. In fact, it's not going to be able to be accomplished by writing. It's going to be able to be accomplished through some kind of interaction between you and the person that you want to bring the transformation with, whether that, whether you call that coaching or whether you call that a course or mm-hmm. whatever you call that. In order to bring the transformation that's your goal, it's going to be involved way more than a five to a thousand word blog post. If that's the case, you're going to be thinking about how you use your email and how you use your blog post and what do I need to do to get them one step closer to getting into this place where I want them to be so that I can have them take that transformation. And for one thing, you won't be very interested in people who are only interested in reading your blog post, but they're not really interested in the transformation that you want to bring. You yeah, don't those, mind. Those aren't if, your people. You don't mind if they leave. Right. So those are two extremes on the question of do I put a link in my email to send them to my blog or do I include my post in the email, that just depends on, if you just want them to read your blog post, your decision is going to be very different than if you actually are trying to bring deep transformation to someone. Well, I think it's all a continuum. In, yeah. in our Hope Writers community, in our membership community, we did a, I did a Facebook Live a few days ago, and we talked about like the dating analogy. Like You meet somebody, and then you have a first conversation, and then you don't immediately go to a fancy dinner. Like maybe it's okay let's grab a cup of coffee and then you see him in the cafeteria again okay we dated in college that's what i remember you know? <laughs> only this right? is how it's done <laughs> only perspective of dating that's right involves the cafeteria yes, cafeteria <laughs> continue and then like eventually maybe there's a movie and then the fancy date fancy dinner is like way later and then eventually there's marriage and then eventually there's kids you know like there's there's this continuum and in the same way, with our readers, like we want to lead them to a deeper relationship. We don't immediately start trying to coach them live via Skype when they visit our website. You know, can you imagine? You get to a website. I don't know that. How many reader? How many writers? And if you're so you're listening. Ask yourself this. Yeah. I'll bet a majority of people, I think, just want people to read what you write. You're really not trying to get into a deep relationship of change and everything with someone. You maybe haven't really thought about your writing that way you want well, that's why nobody's reading it just saying uh that i don't know that if uh years ago if i would have thought that getting married to my reader you know you, uh, mm-hmm. using that analogy that's i just want someone to read my stuff well did i think you that's know, a, i think that's a common thought probably, i think deep it? down though you knew you wanted yeah. to write a book you wanted well, yeah. to teach people you wanted to speak. well sure but i wasn't connecting it necessarily with everything i was doing at the time but anyway what i'm i'm just saying that yeah the average person average, the average writer if there is such a thing if but that's why they're the thing. average writer. Well, right? it, it, I just want to write writer, and I want people to read my stuff. You know where I'm going. All, that's all you've thought about. Right. And the that's writer, fine if that's what you want. But if you're someone... That's not d- what they want. Well, I right. don't know. I don't... No, I, well, guys. You, have, you do not want to just well, write. I agree, but I don't want to so tell people what... It. There right. is a reason behind that. I think, But yeah. I think, Dad, what you're saying, I think people think that. Right. Yeah. But it's like the whole like Harry Ford, what's his name? Henry Ford, they want a truck. What is it? Faster horse. He's a new direction. I don't get these very... <laughs> One Direction. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> First edition, last edition, new edition. <laughs> Henry Ford, if he asks the people what they want, they say a faster horse. Yeah. The whole thing, like, they want, they think yes. they want people to read their stuff. That's their deepest yeah. desire. But really, but do really want, probably right. Yeah. They want what you're about to say. Yeah. Brian. Well, specific Hope Writers as examples, like, I know, let's just, okay, like, I know, let I'll give a fake name. So let's say uh, Autumn. Okay. So Autumn, what she really wants, because this is a real Hope Writer member, like she wants 
to work with a specific specific uh, reader who is a female reader who is a mom who is divorced who is feeling discouraged and has kids on their way to college and so she knows she has just a few years left as a single mom with those kids in the home and she basically wants to say to her you need to figure out who you are so when the kids so you don't invest 100% of your life in your kids cuz once your kids go to college you are going to have a breakdown cuz you're not going to know who you really are cuz your whole life is about your kids and it's going to be really challenging in a few years and that's wow. her passion okay that example that Brian just gave about Autumn is a well thought through if Autumn thinks that that's she right. has thought through yeah, who she Autumn. is what her purpose is that's right she's thought about who her reader is who she wants to help and what her niche is and that's all the stuff we do in Hope Riders so but so when she po- when she posts brownie recipes she's off her game like she's not really thinking about her reader mm-hmm. who is about the the boys are about to go to college and she's going to she's going to have a breakdown because she doesn't know who she is anymore and so what my encouragement to her cuz she just went through our, one of our coaching programs that we have 90 day direction is Really think about the journey you want your reader to be on, and eventually that reader is going to want personal feedback from you. What do I do in this situation? And so write about that situation. What you do is you attract people who are Googling that situation. You know, you attract people who are looking for the answers that you have. And when you write your brownie recipe, you're not the brownie recipe person, you know? And ev- come on, guys. Everybody's got a blog post on your brownie recipe, <laughs> right? But how is that helping your reader? And so I'd say be really, really specific. So going back to the original email thing, what are you trying to get your reader to do? What do you want your tre- reader to know? Where are you leading your reader? And use that as the filter for how you email your reader. Now, I know what someone's going to say. Yes. They're going to say, but so-and-so giant blogger, New York Times bestselling author shares Byron recipes on her blog and I love it. Yeah. I love that. I love when she does that because it's like, oh, I love that. I want to eat her brownies because they sound delicious. Mm-hmm. So like, but you say they have to pick. You know, well, she's like, already got her... She yeah, didn't right. get she didn't get her audience by, by writing brownie about recipes. brownies. Exactly, people right. are in, people are already interested in her and they want to they know what are her in brownie her. recipe right. is. So you can't, sometimes I think we can't, it's it's hard because we look to the people that we yeah. admire, yeah. but you can't really model no. You're they're already there. What you're doing after what they're doing, because that's not how they got to where they are. Yeah. If you think about it this way, maybe this analogy will work. Okay, you go to Target or Walmart or your grocery store, and you only have a dollar, and you're hungry. You're gonna buy a banana or something, right? You're gonna buy something for a dollar that well, or a candy bar, but <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> Sorry, but what else? Little Debbie. Depends on bar. who you ask. <laughs> but if you had a hundred dollars and you went into Target. You you get targeted, right? You accidentally candy bars targeted. <laughs> you accidentally add things to your cart, right? You have that target effect. We've yeah. all had that, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. You walk I say it every time I leave Target, I'm like, I walked in for diapers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I left with came out with a TV. Right? Got it. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> and I left the banana there too, you know? <laughs> By the way. And so I think what happens is we, in those situations... You're going to a good place here. We have the convenience of choice because yeah. we have ample resources. Mm-hmm. If you're starting out as a writer, you do not have ample resources, okay? You're a stay-at-home mom with 30 minutes a day to write, and even then, the baby might wake up in five minutes. So don't act as if you can shop through all the aisles and add things to your cart. You only have time for a banana. You just have a dollar. Just focus on what you have. What are you trying to accomplish? So, so the, the, the world-famous writer has an assistant and a team and experience and confidence 
and all these things. And so that's why she blogs about brownie recipes every once in a while, because that's kind of like adding the, you know, that's like adding the gift card to your to your um, shopping basket, your shopping cart, or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. Help me. Yeah. yeah. No. 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 You're, you're, you're right. Like random shoes right, or whatever. Right, right, right. Like it's always the shoes. It's or the she shoes. did it ten years ago yeah, when we right. were able to get away with that. You Pioneer could get away, woman. You could get away ago. with a lot ten yes. years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. But things things are continually changing. So I would say just figure out what your value system is first and then follow what's working, you know, based on your value system. So with going back to the email thing, here's here's the whole point. If you train your readers to not open your emails because you're going to send them a blog post anyway and they can read them later, then they won't open up your emails. And what happens is your emails will start appearing in promotions tab instead of the main tab. And so less people will see your emails and so less people will read your emails. So that's a wise as serpents, gentle as doves concept. Like you've got to understand how emailing works. And so even though you're saying I want to send the whole blog post because it's convenient to my readers, the reality is Gmail will start filtering what you're sending. And so, yeah, that's a data you know uh that's that's based on data mm-hmm. but it's also getting back at the heart of what you're trying to do which is that's get good. people to read i personally have uns- i don't get any blog posts in my inbox anymore yeah i just i was realizing i wasn't reading them like i liked those authors i like those readers i mean writers but i just wasn't reading the post but let me tell you what all my emails are and this is just this is just my habits as a reader is i do subscribe to those people who are sending me an email that says, hi, Emily, today I wrote about this. And they give me a little something in the email. Even if I don't click, I still have a little something. Michael, and I think you do that really well, is you'll say like, really? yeah, you'll give like a little <laughs> paragraph of like, oh, I'm picking my nose and my pool's flooded. Oh, it's green. picking my nose. Yeah. And then it's like, I must feel the wrong interesting email enough. <laughs> you don't get the nose pickers? Yeah. <sighs> Brian. It's a special person. <laughs> but it's a little something. And then I can choose to click or not. But I still got something in the email because I feel like there's a connection. It, and that's, I think, um, Tish Oxenreiter does that really well. Yes. Um, who else does that well that I can Joshua, Becoming Minimalist. He Joshua does more Becker. of a newsletter, which I love. I love it. love to Me hear too. your opinion on that, Brian, because I love... I love what works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one. Yeah. But then number two, I like what I like, you know? Right. Right. We so, all right. have our things that we right. like. And yeah. he's a minimalist, so he can only send right. you an email twice a month or else right. he'll get in trouble. And even just the little the little blurb of what they say. And now, so I've started doing that with my own is when I have a blog post, I post it on the internet and it's up and it's live. And if you happen upon it, you'll see it. Mm-hmm. But my, my list, my people who have said, who've raised their hand and said, I want to hear from you. Um, now, granted... When they signed up, I didn't. I don't have any more that says, "Do Get you want post. the blog post in your inbox?" Right. If I were to say that, and they signed up, and then I didn't send them the blog post, yeah. that wouldn't be honest. So now I try to word it to where, "Do you want to be notified?" Like here or here or a way that. They know that you're not going to get the whole thing, but you're going to know when things are happening. And so now I really enjoy writing those little emails because I told Brian, I was like, it feels like I'm talking to them. And he's like, it's because you are yeah. talking to them. That's, really. what trying. That's, what That's why is. it feels that way. <laughs> well, and more than Facebook or Instagram yes. or the blog post, that is where you are the most personal is yeah. inside that email. I will say things in email that I won't put on the internet. And it should be like that. And that's why people sign up is because you get something from someone who they don't it's just it's just one step. It's very in. powerful. It's one. Step Everyone in. knows it's one on one. So honor that. Like email is the most powerful thing you can possibly do is email your people. I would I would say one hundred percent. Completely ignore your blog. Have a page that says I'll give you this cool thing if you fill in your name and email, and then only email them and never write a blog post again. And you have more engaged readers who will take action when your book finally comes out. They will buy your book. 
okay? Because you're talking directly to them. An email is like handing a baby to somebody in, in the deep end of a pool. Like, you have to do something with the baby. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I have an email. Like, what do I do with it? <laughs> I feel like I am the baby. <laughs> I have to delete it. I have to forward it. I have to unsubscribe. I have to read it. That's I have to true. respond. You're I have to do something to with it. Yeah. You, can, you can post on Instagram and Facebook all day, but I don't have to do anything with that. You know, even Gary, you said, like, I will, I'll, I'll put it in my read later folder or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you have to do something with email. So honor that. But I think master the medium, really figure out how does email really work. We send a ton of emails. The best emails are the really short ones with no picture, with no header, that feel like they really came from a real person because they really did. that's how we talk to our friends. That's right. It doesn't have a header when we talk to our friends. So the best email, guys, the best email is in terms of opens and clicks and people actually reading your stuff is always, hey, name, really short, funny, quirky statement. And then a really clear call to action, what I want you to do next. So it's, hi, it's really to you. Here's something that you can relate to. And if that's true, then click over here. That's the best email. That's we when the nose picking day. comes in handy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nose picking lines. You're like, oh, this sounds interesting. Yeah. I want to yeah. read it. Curiosity is the number one trigger <laughs> of getting people to open email. Well, does that help? Or did we make it worse on you? Or maybe you have something to add, another angle we haven't thought of. Well, we'd love to see you sharing in the Hope Rider Facebook group, Inside Hope Riders. You can join Hope Riders right now for just $1 for a week at hoperiders.com slash trial. A whole community of riders on the same journey that you're on. Riders who get it, who've been there, and who can help you. And some who are there now and need your help. Go inside Hope Riders right now for $1 for a week at hoperiders.com slash trial. The Hope Rider Facebook group is a super community where you can ask questions, make friends, get encouragement to grow your confidence. Go inside Hope Riders now for a week for $1. Just go to hoperiders.com slash trial. The next episode of the Hope Rider podcast how to find your perfect writing mentor. We all need help, examples to follow, guidance, inspiration, but all the mentors you think of are so busy or out of reach. What do you do? That's the next episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, How to Find Your Perfect Writing Mentor. And some final words of hope from writer Les Brown. You don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. Thanks for listening.